So everybody, welcome to the Iron Roadway. We've got a special treat for you today. I've got two very unique people here with us today who have two incredible stories. Yusuf Muhammad Amaradine and Osman Jama. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. So we are so I am so excited for you guys to have the opportunity to share your stories because they're things that you you only read about in books or in paper. And so, Osman, I'm going to ask you to start. Sure. And your journey to the United States started in Somalia. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so tell us a little bit about how you ended up here in the States. Um, so I ended up here in the States because uh, my country's government collapsed in, through the Civil War. Right. And in the vacuum of no centralized government, um, warlords took over. Mm -hmm. um, and it escalated until the point where my family had to move. Now, now before you go on from that, that's, I mean, it's good because a lot of people here in America that listen to this message will be able to relate with the movie Black Hawk Down. I was actually going to go use that. Okay, go for it. Let's hear it. So uh, Black Hawk Down happened. Um, uh, Bill Clinton riled the UN, and they launched Operation, or Operation Restore Hope, which was led by William F. Garrison. Um, and he's a believer. I found out his story and his background. He's a believer. Believer um, in Christ. Christ. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And his, and he led that operation that tried to bring back or just bring hope back to Somalia. Mm -hmm. um, and due to, in order to do that, warlords used food as a weapon. Um, so William Garrison was leading the, was it the UN? Yep. Okay. And, and the Clinton's the one that got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. So the movie is based on Army Rangers that right. were called to right. to to rescue them. I've I've met two of them. One's a country singer, wow. and another one leads a, a church down south. Two of the Rangers mm -hmm. that came in. Yep. Wow. How in so, the world did you meet them? So campers, I was part of a campers crusade, uh -huh. and they had a film called Bulletproof Faith, uh -huh. and so they took these gentlemen back to Somalia and had them reenact or relive and retell the story of what happened. Wow. And so I got to. Fortune, unfortunately, I met them after they went. If I would have met them before, I would have been able to go with. So, and this was this would have been okay. Not when 19, you met them. Yeah, so the, the, this when they went back or when it happened. When it happened. When it happened, it was 1991, to, okay. and it escalated until 1994 and 95. Okay, so keep going. This mm -hmm. story is incredible. So, I was born two minutes behind my twin brother, whose name is Muhammad. As custom for Muslim families, they named the firstborn Muhammad. Mm -hmm. um, I was named after my grandfather, who died the same day I was born. Um, and so after that, my mom got a little superstitious. She never named a child after a living relatives after that. Really? Mm -hmm. And then so we lived fairly peacefully from 88 to 80, uh, 82, 83. So in those, so mm -hmm. you mean 88 to 1988 when? is when I was born. Okay. Yeah. And so for five years, we lived kind of peaceful, and then okay. the government collapsed. Um, due to my family being a little bit more wealthy, we were kind of targeted. Mm -hmm. We had houses right on the ocean front, and the warlords needed safer ways to transport goods through boats. And so they evicted everyone in my, my household. And by eviction, um, the way my parents described it was... When we were moving, uh, we heard fireworks going mm -hmm. off, mm -hmm. but in reality, it was Somalis killing other Somalis wow. if they didn't move. So do you have any recollection of this? 
I am very fortunate that I saw a child therapist when I was a kid. So, no. I have scars, and then I'll, I'll show you, or I'll tell you one. Um, so, we, so we packed everything we had in a boat. We had two options, to go up to Yemen or Omen, but doing that required going through the Black Sea, and that would a lot of Somalis died from open water mm-hmm. exposure because mm-hmm. they didn't build boats to travel in. Right. So we went down the coast to down the coast of Somalia to Nairobi, Kenya. And on the way there, our boat flipped over. My dad grabbed my mom, who had my baby brother. I had two older sisters that grabbed me, my younger sister. And so that left my twin brother out. He drowned that day. Oh. And then we got to the border. Heartbreaking. We got to the border patrol. Um, when we got to Kenya, the border patrolman, I was still so emotionally hysterical. He took a cigarette and burned it in my arm to get me to stop crying. And you're five years old at it that point. It didn't work. Not at all. I think that probably made it a little bit worse. Yep. <laughs> and so Ugh. we stayed at the refugee camp for three months. And then we went to Egypt for three months and stayed with my dad's friend. And then we went to Paris for six months. Now, you went right by that. Hold on a second. You mm-hmm. went to Egypt? For yep, three Cairo. months, and you said saved your dad's friend or stayed with Stayed with my dad's Stayed friend. with him, okay, mm-hmm. okay. And then we went to uh, Paris for six months and lived with my aunt while we were working on our, um, uh, it, our what's it called, refugee st- uh, visa to come to the United States. Okay, so the goal so, this whole time was to get here. Right, so I was five when I left, and I came to us when I was six. Okay. And th- that... So we started in Atlanta, Georgia. Somalis were sent to five sanctuary cities in a way. Atlanta, Georgia, um, uh, Columbus, Ohio, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Mm -hmm. um, Seattle, Washington, Mm -hmm. and Portland, Oregon. Mm -hmm. And so that's the big hubs. Mm -hmm. Um, So we got sent to Atlanta, Georgia. We stayed there for a year. Then we moved to Tennessee and Nashville. And then we finally made it to... Mecca for Somalis, Minneapolis. Yeah. We were there um, until elementary or about middle school. A kid got shot by a stray bullet in our elementary school. And parents didn't want us to grow up in a huge suburban city. So we moved to Mankato, Minnesota. Uh, That move then prompted me meeting my best friend and the first real Christian that I knew. Because Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for me, Christianity was my viewpoint as a Muslim was... It, it, they, they were fake in some sense. They, mm-hmm. they, they mm-hmm. said what they, be, they, they believed they were holy, mm-hmm. but the lifestyle that they lived didn't match um, up. Didn't match up at all. And that's a lot of the perspective I think many people that live outside the United yep. States and they look at Hollywood, they look at the way we live, and they hear this is a Christian nation, and they're like, "Come on, no. this is not." Well, I don't want anything to do with that. No. And so at this point, mm-hmm. okay, you're in Minnesota, mm-hmm. and you're how old? I am. So we got there when I was nine, moved to Mankato when I was about four, 14. Okay, so you're 14 years old. Yep. And you said, and, and you guys were Muslim family, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And my, my dad and my mom donated a lot for the mosque. They were pretty active. My dad was the president of the Somali organization for my hometown. And then wow. my sister recently ran for city council. Did she really? She, she lost. Did she win? She lost. She lost. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Hopefully she doesn't listen to this. He just said it's good his sister lost, Yusuf. So, so Osman, at that time, was Mm -hmm. the United States, did the United States and other countries welcome Somalian refugees? So it was easier to come in here? Because obviously now, with the current temperament, you you can't get in here. They're kicking you out. Right. Um, You being anybody that is here illegally or... So, 
has it so as an as an immigrant it took us it took from when I was five years old to six About a year. years old for mm-hmm. us to get here. Mm-hmm. Um, I am pro our immigration policy mm-hmm. um, as a Somali refugee. Uh, I I recognize that Somalis are in some sense in a targeted group, mm-hmm. but it's because twenty years they still haven't finished a civil war, and it's it's a weird it's it's from a person from my culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I am firm with background checks yeah. just to be safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 so here you are, Somali and refugee, right. and you're like, hey, hold on, there are people that want to get in here that we don't want here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that and, makes and, sense. And, and, and a person that has no Ill, Ill intent and no uh-huh. harm mm-hmm. wouldn't care if they're being background checked. Yeah, and sure. waiting three months is nothing compared to waiting yeah. a year. Yes. And so, no, that's great. That's great. So you're in Minnesota. You're 14 mm-hmm. years old, and yep. take us from there. So your whole family's there, obviously. Mm-hmm. Minus your brother, twin brother, Muhammad, that you lost, um, which I can't even imagine, um, you know, what that had to be like. I I can't even imagine. Um, But you guys have have made your way to Minnesota. You're 14, so you're integrating into a normal high school life at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so I was fortunate enough that sports is something that doesn't matter where you're from around the world, what language you speak, but it's... it's an equalizer. Yeah. Um, and so for me, basket- dude, tell me you played football. I did. I tried. He, hey, Yusuf, what's I he tried. look like? What's he look like to you? Football or basketball? <laughs> he knows. He, he, I ran. He told me already. He did? Yeah. What? Oh, you tell me, Yusuf. What was he? He ran like What? Hey, cross country. Cross country? Mm-hmm. Osmond. Did you not see the? You've seen the photos. No, I haven't seen the photos. I'm looking at him. Yeah. What do you, when you see him, Yusuf, what no. do you think of? Football. <laughs> hey, this is a soccer guy from Nigeria telling us you're an that offensive was, lineman. That's an offensive line. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, you. No, but he told me yesterday, so that's how I knew. Okay, okay. That was an offensive. That was an offensive line. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard Yusuf say something offensive since I've known him. Offensive so line. I'm going to give you a context. I look at him and I think linebacker. So, Let me see this so picture. Do you know how it goes? Conference, section, state? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is a section meet to go to state. Okay, okay. This context. Is, got it. So this is first and seconds behind. Come on, Osmond. That is not. I am. That is not. I have hey. I have footage. I have newspapers. That's not Osmond. <laughs> yeah, that is. That looks more like Donnie Osmond than it does you. <laughs> yeah. Oh my! That's amazing. It's. I mean, it's really depressing. <laughs> no, I mean, but look at you and the next guy in line. Look at that. Do you see that, Yusuf? That's incredible. My past self is more impressive. Uh, what's more impressive? My past self. Yeah. Oh no, that's not true at all. Super skinny. I was that's amazing. Built like him. Yeah, yeah. You're built yeah. like Yusuf, who was not an offensive lineman. We're gonna get to hear that story in a little bit. <laughs> so you're going to East High School. Mejido East, yeah. Mejido East. Oh, I've got to hear about that. that i got to hear about day. that. So 14 years old, you're at Mojito East. You're running cross country. That was the equalizer. These guys are sharing uh, picks. It's alive. <laughs> What's Sorry. alive? The cafeteria food. It was advertised as fresh, real. Oh, yeah. Or fresh, green, real, and alive. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> hey. <Sorry. laughs> 
Thanks, Austin. That's a bad visual. Yeah. They're, yeah. Serv- they're serving live. I kind of want you to guess what my best mile was. Ah, I think I could do that. Guess. Yeah, looking at that body, I, I, I bet you I can... I bet you I could get... That's a great... I'm glad you asked me. I bet you I can get within 10 seconds. Okay. What year was it? Yeah. Yeah, I will. 10, 2007. 2007. I'll know what it is. Give me just a second. You're going to Google it. What was you, our bet again? Google, you're going to Google it? <laughs> Yusuf, what do you think? His best mile. He knows. You know it? I'm going to tell, tell you. It. Okay, I'm going to tell you what it is. You ready okay. for this? You ready sure. to pay up? What are we going to bet? Lunch? You're going to be paying. <laughs> do you want to bet lunch or not? All I need is a yes or a no. You sure. both can get in on sure. this. You want to get in on it? I'm going to pick like the precinct and go all out. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take you to dinner. You, your fiance, yeah. you. Um, your best mile. What year? 2007? Mm-hmm. What year in high school were you? Senior. Senior. You ready for this, Yusuf? You want to ask me what my best mile was a senior year in high school? And I didn't even run track, but we had to do it for basketball. 450. 450. See, he doesn't even know this, but he just gave me a clue. <laughs> You like how I slid that in there, you? Uh, no, 520. But I never trained. I oh, just went out and ran. That's pretty good. Uh, I was going to guess 410. That is ex- that's dead on. What? <laughs> no, no, Did you tell him? Did you tell me, you? No, he didn't tell me. Say, well, I hate 410. You. Say, well, I hate hey, you. hey, everybody here. Say, well, I hate you. Well, I, 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 no. He didn't tell me. No. He didn't tell me. No. I told you. Osman. No. You're talking I, to Chili Willie. I didn't know that. Promise you. We shared secrets. What are you doing? Osmond, Osmond, I promise you he did not tell me. I told you. He doesn't believe it. I I swear. (laughs) Tell him, Yusuf. That's what Somali's saying. Voila. Yeah, yeah. I promise you that he did not tell me, and I just nailed it. 410. So guess what? I love the precinct. <laughs> okay, so we're. I'll take I'll take you I'll take you. So we got we got Mahada Mahada. How do I pronounce it? My name? No. Mankato. Yeah, Mankato, Mercado East. Do you know the history of Mankato? No. So my hometown has a horrible. I think your I think his IQ mm-hmm. is probably somewhere around the same level as his mile. He's got. He's probably got a 410 IQ too. I don't, he's I'm gonna tell me the history of Mercado. I know Man, he's memorized Mankato. Mankato. <laughs> See, he, he's he's memorized okay. the Quran. Mm-hmm. He's the guy's brighter than bright. So anyhow, go ahead. So, What's the history of Mankato? So okay, there's a cultural pop culture fun fact and a historical fun fact. Okay, let's hear. Cultural it. or the pop culture. Have you ever seen Little House on the Prairie? Dude, that was. I mean, Laura. Hello. What? I grew up with Little House on the Prairie. You, you did. You ever seen it, Yusuf? No. Wait till we tell Yusuf. Yeah. Yusuf's from Nigeria. Wait till we tell his Dolly Parton story. Dolly, I hope you're listening. Okay. Uh, okay. Yes, I've so seen. So, if you've seen it, where did they vacation? They lived in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. They vacationed in Mankato. They went really? to my old town to vacation. Really? Never knew that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, we we tell everybody. So which part of? <laughs> So which part is that? So it's where the Mississippi and uh, no, no, River. you said there were two. A pop. Oh, and then the second one is the Trail of Tears ends in my hometown. They hung and threw fourteen thousand Native Americans into the river. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's that's a sad one. That's Make, and you know what's you know what's even more sad mm. that you said that, and I didn't know what the Trail of Tears oh, was. Yeah, you, you know what's you even did. you knew what you knew what it is. No, I didn't. Really? I really didn't. Oh, and you know what's no. even. You know what's even more sad than that? 
probably a lot of people don't. Ninety. I'm going to say ninety plus percent of Americans don't know That's that. So sad. It is really so sad. Thank mar- you for sharing they, that. They, they marched them from uh, was it Mississippi, Louisiana. They marched them all the way up after the Louisiana Purchase, um, and hmm. they hung them. Unbelievable. There's a twelve thousand. Fourteen. Fourteen thousand. The campus, Mankato State University, used to be. It's currently their mascot is uh, the Mavericks, which is a bull. Mm-hmm. But they used to be the Mankato Indians mm. until they changed it. Yeah, I guess that's that's a place we where we can't do that. Yeah, I mean when they you they know they wanted when they, to honor them. It was a noble thought, but oh. horrible execution. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, the memory of well. You know, sometimes those horrible things have to, we have to remember, we can't forget them. Yeah. We got to learn them and then not forget them so they're not repeated. All right. Take me to Mankato East. You're 14 years old. Tell yep. me what happens for Osman. Uh, so I I went from going to the west side of town to the east side, and that led to me meeting uh, my best friend, Adam. He's a pastor's son. What made you move? Uh, we Just family relocating? Family, yeah, family okay. relocating to the other side of town. Um, and there's more Somalis on the east side than there were on the west side. Mm-hmm. West and side so, is more heavy white culture. That's why I sound white. Which is okay. <laughs> what does a, Masa- uh, a Somalian sound like? I don't know how to do it. Because I know that. what a Nigerian sounds like. Can I you do a Somalian accent? I, no. I you can't do it? I can't. All right, good try. try. Can you, Yusuf? No. 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 Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's just, it's it's. So weird. you went you mm-hmm. went to go be around more Somalians. Right, yeah, right. Which makes but, great sense. But yet again, I I was in AP classes and I'm not a lot of advanced placement classes. Yeah, there's a shock. But there's yeah. not a lot of Somalis in that mm-hmm. demographic group. And that's where I met my best friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you meet your best friend. Mm-hmm. He, you said he was the pastor's son. son. So he's a strong Christian. And I have, at that point, have never met someone that could articulate their faith and defend it well. Mm-hmm. We kind of left religion on the table. Muslim or Muslim Christian? versus Christian, yeah. Well, no, because, no, no, no. So I've never met a Christian okay. that could be passionate to you and to respond with a well knowledge of their scripture to kind of combat. You've met plenty of Muslims that mm-hmm. could do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, that and, was the expectation, right? And right. And then the sad. So for my ignorant part, um, and, and I was a very aggressive uh, Muslim, was I used what I was taught was about the Christian faith mm-hmm. and tried to argue it to him that mm-hmm. this is what you believe and he's like no we don't mm-hmm. like and he's like where are you getting that reference because mm-hmm. i can give you the references yeah. of what we actually believe yeah. Yeah. and so that kind of led us to kind of be at peace mm-hmm. because i couldn't you respected him right and he brought very good accusations against islam and mm-hmm. i couldn't defend without having to admit some some faults in my own um mm-hmm. whenever i like i would bring up okay so your 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 Christian faith has a, the sin of the Crusades. Mm-hmm. You did that. Mm-hmm. That was evil. Are mm-hmm. you going to admit it? Mm-hmm. And he would respond with, actually, the first three were response to something. The other four were campaigns for money. Mm-hmm. Like He's admitting the, mm-hmm. the sins Church. of the four. But he says, what were the first three initiating reasons for the Crusades? Arab conquest of Israel. Mm-hmm. So he's like, it was a response to violence taking over of Israel and the Christians responded with yeah we have to go defense yeah. so, he's so like, you've why got you've got two are you not expressing he's like why are you not and I would respond with Islam doesn't spread by the sword it's spread by peace like, yeah but he's like how does you how do you peacefully take over five of the largest 
nations in the world at the time. So, so, and so I had to look that up to see if he was accurate or spilling. So let me lines. take you back there for a minute. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about in 2007, mm-hmm. you're having this conversation. What's your, what was your best friend's name? Or is Adam. Adam. Mm-hmm. So you and Adam are obviously two really bright kids. Mm-hmm. You're having this conversation. You are um, very, you said aggressive Muslim. What you meant was you were very convicted and you were going to go. Oh, no, when I, was, when I meant by aggressive, I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't respectful as he as he was to me. Yeah, I was. You knew you were I, right. So it's it's weird. Um, my faith response was anger. Mm-hmm. Like in, I took okay, it as get a, it right. Right. Yeah. So whenever anything was said about Islam, I took it as a personal yeah. attack on me. Makes sense. It's I not a it. it's not an attack on my uh, doctrine. It's not a so it's like me. It's like someone arguing. Like for instance, to put it. If, if it's like arguing to a Jew, the Holocaust didn't happen. Mm. That would make them very angry oh. and very hurt yeah. that their history is oh. is being de- demeaned yeah. or yeah. to be littled. So when anything was t- yeah, attacked, you, on, I was immediate. My first yeah. response. So was you angry. guys, both bright guys, going back and forth, both convicted about your. But your he faith. was peaceful at his side. Yeah. So for him, it was that was that that was the I think the saving grace for him was mm-hmm. he never responded. Hurtfully back to me. Mm-hmm. I was always the one that initiated the mm-hmm. hurtful comments. And I got you. The, yeah. So. so how long? How long th- uh, did you guys know each other before you started having conversations like this? Oh, not long. I. You went right. I was at an it. instigator. Yeah. So you wanted to go. You're like, hey, listen, I'm going to go help these this Christian guy well, figure so, out what's so, right. Did Did you uh, want to convert so, him? So yeah, right. So this to give you context. Um, so from. So I when I came back, or so I, right right. What launched this is um, I went to Hajj, and so when I memorized the Quran as a reward, me and three other students got sent to Mecca. Muhammad and Abdullah are both imams now. Um, great friends. Still, we still argue. Muhammad We're, and Abdullah were the other two that mm-hmm. went with you. Yep. One's an imam in Minneapolis, and one's an imam okay. in London. Okay. Um, and so we went. And, and that's for we, people that don't know. Those are That's like being a pastor in a Christian church. Right, yeah. right. Email. And so they came, we, we all came back and we were all com- kind of commissioned to spread Islam. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was easy because my best friend or the person I knew really well, we just immediately started apostatizing. And then he, for a year, invited me to a youth group, but I didn't go. Yeah, you're like And that. so finally I thought, well, when Christian I came back, mm-hmm, when I came yeah. back, I now have an audience of people who don't know about Islam. And yeah. So I took yeah. that personal. Yeah. So you, once you did your Hajj, mm-hmm. you're coming back, and his your your mentality is I'm going to go witness to other people about Islam. You figured out that hey, I've got a right audience here with all these Christians that yeah. are uh, running Easy down the wrong apply. path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. So, so you started going. Yep. Every other week, I I would avoid. So the youth group had an explode night, which is when the youth explode into the community, and an implode night when you self implode in, in through scripture. But I wouldn't go to those. I would only go to the expo. You didn't want to know about the Bible. I didn't. You were just going to to witness to them about Islam. Yep. In my in my opinion, the Bible was corrupted. Yeah. And then why was the Bible corrupted in your opinion at that point? Because you had memorized the Quran, right? That's what Front was, to back. Because that's what I mean, I was Yusuf taught. is that. And so so Yusuf is Muslim, mm-hmm. and he's from Nigeria. Totally different. I mean, just mm-hmm. like Christianity, you've got lots of different. I'm sure bents. Is mm-hmm. that a good way to say it? Yeah. Maybe, but. Do you know other people, Yusuf, in Nigeria that have memorized the Quran? Is that something that's typical? About 85%. Really? 85% of Muslims memorize the Quran. 
That's amazing. I mean, that... that Say that again. Oh, right. Yeah, you've got it memorized. And and when you say memorize it, you mean from front to back. Yep. The whole book. That's amazing. That's I mean you talk and and is uh, I've seen the Quran. Yusuf and I have read the Quran together. It's over six thousand words. Okay, and compare that to the Bible. How many is that? Like there the there goes the four hundred and ten. It's like the New Testament, memorizing from Matthew to Revelation. Wow. That's impressive. I memorized James one once. Yeah, but there's there's one one aspect of the Quran is um, one it's classic it's classic Arabic. Mm-hmm. No one speaks the way that the Quran. So writes. Ex- explain. Do you understand what he means by that, Yusuf? Because I have no idea what. He's, I mean, I know classic Arabic. I know that it's, it's kind of like it's kind of like King James. It's kind of like a poet, poetry. Yeah. Uh-huh. Poetic um, Arabic, which is like written poet. Uh huh. So, which is kind of like different. You think it's Arabic, but it's kind of like different. Like, in terms of other people speaking it, it's way different. So, okay. So, yeah. it's like poetry more. So, so, then the memorizing aspect of it is kind of like memorizing a 6,000 plus word song. It's more recited as a song than it okay. is as just re- reading words for words. Okay. Um, so it's almost is it is it are, as a result of that are people able to take it in and yeah. absorb it? It's not like you know you see people well, singing songs all the time. And what really do you mean like it's absorbing? Not like, it's not like it's not like even like it's not even like a song. It's just like according to God in the Quran, He said we made this book for you. So you can remember, you can read it and memorize it. But it, it, it was sent as a blessing because mm. we got chapters like Surah Yasin, mm-hmm. which is the longest, one of the longest chapter in the Quran, which is like almost how many pages? Uh, Fifty-five pages. Like there also, you know, you see a lot of people, like seventy percent or ninety percent of people will know it by by heart. Wow. So wow. It's just a blessing. Yeah, so the Quran says the Quran says God has has blessed you with the ability to open it up and memorize it. I got it. I got it. Wow. That's You can't no matter what your faith is, you can't do anything but respect that. You know, cuz like you were talking about earlier Osman when when people so many Christians here in this country and and believe me, I am the chief of sinners. <laughs> uh, trust me. Um but and saved by grace and grace alone. But so many people here in the United States don't ever take the time to even go to church. And they call themselves Christians. Mm-hmm. If you're a Muslim, most Muslims are pretty devoted. Yeah. Yep. And and by devoted, I don't mean the, because it'll be interesting. I want to ask you guys later mm-hmm. about some of the people like Boko Haram, for example. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, which I believe those guys were at the heart of what happened in Somalia. Is that right? Yep. Okay. They still are. They still are. 20 years later. Unbelievable. And so it'll be interesting. And so by committed, I don't mean committed in that terrorist way. I mean committed to a religion that what I've learned from Yusuf is, from his perspective, a very peaceful religion. I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in hearing um, Osman's take on that as well at some point. But uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's just you can't help but respect it. You know, it's incredible. Yeah. So, okay, Osman, back to you. So you're. You come back and you've got mm-hmm. a you got a game plan and you're gonna you're gonna minister and you're right. gonna 
you're going to help these people understand Islam. So how'd that go? So, um, so to kind of squash the, the mindset, I had to really wrestle with, um, so I went to an implode night and it what's was it called? Implode. Implode. Okay. Imploding yourself. The opposite of a bomb. Um, and you go into, you implode into the Bible and I went to one because a pastor, um, elegantly put, we're going to be studying Genesis 22, Abraham taking his son to be a burnt offering. So and one of the outreach nights you're mm-hmm. at, cause you yep. would go to that. You just wouldn't but, go to the Bible study. Nope. So and pastor so, says, Hey, we're going to talk about Abraham at the Bible and study. And I love Abraham. You like, were like, Oh, he was one, one, he is so still, pe- so still people, one of my favorite people. So right. Easy to love. So pe- right. pe- people that don't know. In so, Islam, Abraham is a prophet. Thank you. And, okay. And really foundational. Same prophet. story. Mm-hmm. No. Close. That is that is what I found out when I went. Okay, tell us so about it. So as soon as the pastor said Isaac, I immediately rebuked him. Well, take give him, give some people some. So context in 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 Islamic teaching, Isaac isn't the son that gets um, attempted to be sacrificed. It was Ishmael, um, and understanding. The, the the genealogy of who Ishmael is. Um, a lot of the times when I talk about what is the purpose and the need for Arabs or for Muslims to know who Jesus is, mm-hmm. I always start with helping Christians understand what God's desire and plan are. Mm-hmm. Ishmael had, um, from Genesis 16 to 21, is about Hagar, and it is a wonderful story for Hagar, even mm-hmm. though in the circumstances of what happened to her, um, God promises a couple things to Hagar. He names Ishmael mm-hmm. in the womb. Mm-hmm. There's only five people in the Bible that get that honor. Jesus wow. is among one of them, and so God has a plan for Ishmael. He names him. There's in, three other in, people in that were named in the, in the womb. Or is it three or five? I don't know. Well, you, uh, I meant three five. other besides Ishmael and... and uh, Jesus. And, and Jesus. Um, I don't know if... You said three more, five total, right? Right. I, I want it. I don't know if it's... Isaiah, Does that line up with Isaiah? the Quran? I, no. It does not. No, it does not? Okay. So so he promises to make him a great nation. He makes he promises to be a donkey of a man. Which Ishmael? A lot of, yeah, yeah, what's Ishmael. that mean? So a lot of people could think the context of that is... Um, he's going to be a wild beast. He's going to be an animal. That is not by any means. But the reality is, if you look at the Air Peninsula, no one's ever conquered them. And that is a promise from God. No one would ever cause them to become an animal that is being constrained. And, and to again, be for those that are those of us that are geographically challenged, like Saudi Arabia. Okay, yeah. thank you. Yep, Saudi yeah. Arabia, Oman, and Yemen. And the wow. last thing is the wealth that Saudi Arabia has is a promise from the Old Testament God. He promised to be to, to bless the them. Old Testament Bible God. Mm-hmm. He yeah. promised to bless them as a nation. Mm-hmm. Back in the old time, gold was flaunted in the Arabian Peninsula, and if you look at today, oil is underneath them like a huge oh. natural blessing from God. Uh, yeah, un, I mean, they've so, got all the money then, in the world. And then, lastly, I think Donald Trump just signed a four hundred fifty million dollar. I think it was B billion was it? dollar was it? military aid to Saudi Arabia. How about that? In Saudi Arabia, I'm going to get off track, but remind me to go back to mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia because I want to ask you guys about Sharia law because yeah. people want to know this. They want to understand. And from my understanding, Saudi Arabia practices Sharia law. Of course. Yeah. Uh, okay. they, they are the capital of Mecca. Or Mecca is located in Saudi Arabia. Okay. okay. Um, and so, so Ishmael is named. 
He is, he will have descendants that number the stars. Mm-hmm. He will be a blessing, or he will receive blessing from the Lord, and he will be a wild donkey of a man. Those are all wonderful blessings. What was the donkey of a man thing again? What's that mean? He, they were never conquered by oh, okay. any known Got empire. Got They've it. been the Can't conquerors. Beat them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people. Does that line up with the Quran, Yusuf? Yeah. Yeah? And so. What were you going to say? Go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so, and then, and then, if you look at Isaiah forty, when, when, so, Ishmael has twelve um, descendants. Two of them are named tribes are named in the New Jerusalem in Isaiah forty. So God clearly has a desire for mm-hmm. Ishmael's descendants to be in heaven. Yeah, yeah. So, so take me back to the Bible study. Take me back to the Bible. So as soon as he said Isaac, I, I corrected him on it, and he, he did a wonderful response. He's like, this is what we believe. If you have a question about exactly what we believe, here's a Bible. And so that was the he first didn't know Bible. He, he didn't know who he was had. handing that Bible to you. Yeah, no. And <laughs> Somebody was getting ready to memorize it. And so I read it. Like I, and so, But I had to first wrestle through, can I read this book? Mm-hmm. Is this book corrupted? And that was a really hard... Would it corrupt you? Mm-hmm. And, I've wondered and, the same thing and, about and so, the, the Quran, just so you know. I think that makes a lot of sense. And so I first I did the first thing I thought of. I took it to the mosque. I literally walked into the mosque and handed it to my imam. Yeah. And I, I have never experienced this until that day. I got hit by the imam in the face. Punched With you. the Bible. And then he threw it out the building. Wow. And said, don't ever bring this into this building. Wow. Now, Yusuf, do you think that would have happened? uh, Pardon this, but do you think that would have happened uh, to you if you would have brought a Bible into the imam? No, I I read the Bible. You read the Bible, too? I read the Bible, but that doesn't mean I believe in it completely. Yeah. I think, me personally, I think part of the Bible is corrupted. Mm -hmm. But I still still read the Bible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, your perspective. But I just wondered, you know, for people that are listening and trying to learn, there, this happened to Osman. So for him, this was this was a real live experience. So I'm saying, okay, Yusuf, I know your, your parents allowed you to choose. They allowed you to choose. Do you want to be Muslim? Do you want to be Christian? Figure it out for yourself. And I think you made that choice at about 14, right? Yeah. Yeah. Osman raised very differently. No choice. All Muslim. All Muslim, as a matter of fact. So I was... I was, and the Quran kind of reaffirms it, that you don't choose that you are born Muslim. Because the Book of Life was written before, like, all of existence, you're already born a Muslim. That's why every single Quranic verse or reference references Abraham is a Muslim, mm-hmm. Moses is a Muslim. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Muhammad didn't get revelation until... 600 AD. Mm. So they would be Jews. That'll be interesting. Oh, that's a great, that's interesting. Get a little closer so we can hear you. You need to know about being a Muslim. A Muslim, you just, you need to know the definition of a Muslim. One who submits. One will submit. To what? To Almighty God. Uh oh. So, so. Now hold on. So, what do you call. So. Would you call let, us? Let, it, let him finish, Osma. Let him finish. So keep going. I want to hear what Anybody else he says. Anybody who submits his will to Almighty God is called a Muslim. Okay. So that's why we say Abraham, Moses, yes. Jesus. They were Muslims because they submitted their will to God, even though their heritage was Jewish. Okay. But, I mean, the Muslims, I mean, the, 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 the Muslims 
um, would recognize their heritage of, of Jewish heritage. Okay. Okay. And does the Quran say that? Okay, so if you submit, so if I believe that I'm submitting my will to God, and I'm a professed Christian, would Muslims say, well, you're a Muslim? Yeah, Muslim, as long as he submits your will to Almighty God. Wow. Very interesting. And Muslim is a person who submits his will to Almighty God. I got it. I got it. Yeah. What were you going to say, Osman? Sorry. Um, I would say that I, I recognize that that definition is accurate in some sense. Um, but is submission a choice or can it be forced upon someone? It is a choice. Even in the Quran, it says so you, can, you cannot force any human. There's no compulsion. There's no compulsion. But it also says it does imply in some places that you make them. Does if you're in, um, in disagreement or someone try to come and take your possession? And so you stand on your own right and fight right. for your religion. And anybody who do that, that's what Donald Trump is doing now for America. He's fighting for his people. I, I, I hear that. But, oh, I want to hear. Wait but, a but, but then that goes into folk Islam <laughs> a little bit because what is the definition of what, who, what belongs to what? For instance, do you, would you say, would you recognize that Jerusalem and Israel are the Jewish nation? and it belongs to them, or would you recognize that when it became Muslim-occupied and Muslim-owned, it forever stayed that way? It didn't forever stay that way. When this guy, but when that's this, what, when this guy took yeah. over, when Islam took over Jerusalem, yeah. they make it peaceful. They tell his people who will become neighbors, and they give them free will to, I, so they give them free so will then, Mm -hmm. To practice their own religion. So then, would you say then that they the Palestinians that are they give them free will, and that's that's all that matters as long as there's peace. I would say that peace didn't exist when the dome on the rock destroyed the temple to build it. I mean, when I, the Seven Day War ended in Jerusalem and the Israelis got it back like, from the. I like from, when Yusuf smiles like that. From the. From, okay, so in the Seven Day War, you had Egypt, Jordan, and Syria all attacking Jerusalem. Okay, 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 one at a, one at a time, one at a time. You see the scripture on the wall. Yeah. I've been to the Dobara. You know what the scripture said? About the Muslims, about the Christians, we are brothers. I get that. And they lived, when Muslim was in power, they lived peacefully with the Christians and gave. Okay, okay, okay. Let me let me stop you guys for one second, Yusuf Osman. So I'm, I'm going to let you continue that in a little bit. But before we get into now, you see, you know what's going on in our world. I mean, people have different convictions. Osman and I have to happen to share the same conviction. Yusuf and I, I would I would say I'm a Christian. Yusuf would say he's a Muslim. Yusuf would say I'm a Muslim. And so, but. I love him like my son, anyhow. And you're going to hear that story in a minute. So, Osman, finish up for me. So, okay. you, so I you start. To, you, right. you, you, so get I, hit, you get hit by the imam. Right. And so that was my first wake-up call. Because um, you're I, so smart. You're like, wait a minute. Why I, is he threatened? Right. And knowing, Would you say that's a bad imam? So, so I had a, that's I, a bad imam. So I had an internal struggle. The Quran states that the, the Injil, the Torah, and the Quran, or 
Allah's holy words. The the Old Testament, the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are all holy scriptures. And then I had to wrestle with, um, so it says that no no man can change Allah's word. Mm-hmm. I had to wrestle with that because the reality was, if no man can change his word, where did I get the thought process that the gospels were changed? Who had the authority to change the will of Allah and his commandment that no one can change his word? And when did they do it? And how were they able to be more powerful than God? And I really had to wrestle with that. Yeah. So if his word cannot be changed mm-hmm. and there is historical proof that Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John are intact, no one's ever changed them, then they have to be his but word. It, but if I'm, if I'm Muslim, mm-hmm. if I'm Muslim, um, wouldn't I just say that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are, that's not the word of God? How? I would Quran just say it's calls a, them the word of God. Oh, the Quran does. It, yeah, go it, ahead. It you should pull that over. It calls in, in the Quran, it's uh, it's the only the three books that were mentioned. Yes. It's called the Zaburi. Matthew, Mark, the Injil. The Injil. The Zaburi. And the old, which is the Old Testament, mm-hmm. and the, and the Psalms. Okay. And the, and the Quran. Okay. The, those are the only books. That God that, that was mentioned in the um, as oh as holy books mm-hmm. in the Quran. Those are the only books. Me, I didn't think I didn't think the Quran mentioned the Matthew book and Matthew. The Injil, Mark, Matthew. The Injil, the Injil at that time was a book that was given to Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ had on his own. And so we believe as a Muslim, when Jesus went. He took the book with him. Where does it say that in the Quran? I mean, it didn't say, but that's what we believe. And that's why God said, with time, people that had, um, that came up with, uh, with the Injil and the other books, mm-hmm. they corrupted it. They put their own words in. They fabricated it. How could they do that? Because it would it's go a against book. The, Any, anybody it, goes, anybody. it goes against the will of Allah. What know, you're saying is literally would consider it shook. You just committed it. You said I, that a man could change or write something it was talking against about, the will of all. He was talking about the books before before then. That the, the book got corrupted, and that's why he revealed the Holy Quran. And I, and I understand to, that. I understand to Prophet you Muhammad, that. I understand. Which can never, and he said, and God also said, references the, the Quran will never be changed. Right, but Muhammad goes... If you have any doubts or if any questions, go to the people of the book. He literally references yeah, it's 600 years later, yeah, that, which that. we can prove that the Christians of that time were reading the same book that we have today. But it later got corrupted. By, that's what, after that's Muhammad. what I said. It would have to be after Muhammad because between Muhammad and Jesus is 600 years. I don't and know. And we I don't, have that books. I don't know. In between we'll, we'll, we'll know maybe Judgment Day or someone will miss no, no, God. But, but that's the thing you have to admit. We'll, You're we'll saying that in that time, when that means that someone corrupted Allah's word and wrote something different. And that would also imply because that if, Muhammad's if word, which is during the same time, can also be corrupted. The Quran, that's why I said, God also said the Quran cannot, that's why he revealed the Quran. The Quran cannot be corrupted? That's why, he, that's why he brought the Quran. He mm-hmm. revealed the Quran. The Quran cannot be corrupted. 
and Muhammad will be the last messenger. As and he said, the anybody that have doubt with the Quran, go to the book. They should, they should bring any so reference. So this this argument or any book. Yeah, that, Yusuf. That would defile it. So this argument is an awesome one. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear you talk more, but I, I want to do two things. So I want to I want to understand the rest of your story, right. and then I want to get to your story. And then if you guys want to keep talking, we'll we'll play as long as people want to listen. So yeah. so finish your story. You're so, you're conflicted. Right. So so at that point, so at that point, I I had to wrestle with okay, if 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 the New Old Testament. Is divided into two parts. They have the Old Testament as the Old Testament and the Psalms, but the Psalms is in the middle. Mm-hmm. So the Old Testament goes around it. So if you if you take the Old Testament and the Psalms are all grouped together, we call that the Old Testament. And so I decided that after that incident with what happened at the Imam, I could not trust his judgment because if violence was the immediate response to me asking a simple question that I've never seen violence before. Mm-hmm. There was something dangerous about the book. Did you talk to your parents about it? I didn't want to because he you were reacted afraid. like that. My parents would whoop me. Like Somalis believe in physical discipline. Like you, you actually having the, the, you actually have in the Bible, was that dangerous? Yeah. Like would your, okay, so your parents right. would have been like, so, huh, then, uh. so then I had to then go, okay, if, if I had to wrestle with, if this is Allah's word and it's preserved, I'm going to read the Old Testament. Just read that. There's n- not a single Islamic reference says the, the, the Old Testament and the Psalms are corrupted. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read those. And so I did. But the thing that happened is these stories um, that as a child that I had memorized are not full extent of a story as compared to the Old Testament. In Islam, we get snippets. You get shortened, narrowed-in viewpoints of a scripture that doesn't give you the full story. And so as I'm reading this, I'm reading it for the full amount. And another beautiful thing about the Old Testament was it's in chronological order, mm-hmm. where the Quran isn't in chronological order. Mm-hmm. You have the Meccan, Meccan Quran, and then you have the Medina verses, and they're not separated. They're all together. It goes mm-hmm. from the largest books to the smallest books. And so reading the Old Testament, it was a history timeline, and then I could see what God was doing as a one narrative story. Mm-hmm. So then I started reading about... So when did that... So you just said a really powerful statement you could see what god was doing right that's a pretty because he's so every okay this is the mindset that i really had to fight and you had this mindset of 14 right and so it's the the bible isn't many writers telling many stories Mm -hmm. it's god one writer telling his story through many people isn't isn't the quran one story written by one person one person but it's about multiple people And it's from Muhammad, from from the angel to Muhammad to the writer to the book. So from the you got to slow down for my for for us under three digit IQs. The first and only miracle of Muhammad, because when he was challenged, show us a sign that you're a prophet. Mm -hmm. Isaiah called fire from the from the sky. Moses uh, parted the sea. Jesus brought people back from the dead. Show me your message. Your your your. Who was challenging him? The the seventh uh, century Arabs that were pagan at the time, Muhammad's response was, "I'm an Ill- illiterate man who wrote a book," and that was it. He never he never. Then did. what? So he, why did he get such he a following? Conquest, conquering cities and giving wealth to his believers. What made was him his selling point? What made him be able to go conquest? Food. Yeah, but what what about him? So he was, he was a nice. 
pass into that everyone right, right. loved. But he had to get it by, by the sword. So he was a person of influence. No, no, really. Not by the sword. Islam was never spread by the sword. Islam was spread by the, by, the gener- by the generosity of the people. Hold on. Because the people were nice. And when they travel, right. all of our people were like, oh, we like it. We like your behavior. We yeah. like the way you treat people. And really? So Muhammad never fought a single battle. Islam. But yet, from 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 the Medina verses, he's very peaceful. I will never deny that. Well, I will never dishonor that. But when you uh, go to the Meccan verses... I'll, I'll ask you... Let me finish. Let me finish. But, but when he went to the... So Muhammad in 7th century in Mecca got kicked out because the pagans didn't want to accept his message. He moved to Medina. Pagans. Right, and then so he met. He moved from Mecca to Medina. In Medina, he grew in influence. He grew in in following. He grew through the message. In some parts, were peaceful. Yeah. But the last ten years of his life, he fought a battle every twenty days. That was when deny God, that. That was when God God actually gave him the permission to one to kill because one thing, if someone come to your house and get rid of you. Mm-hmm. And get rid of you, and you're powerless at the time. And you would say you go, you go like I just put in a different perspective. Yeah, yeah. And you go out, you practice, you try to train, and you want to come back and reclaim your place that belongs to you rightfully. And God tell you to go, like get go back and go get your place where they drive you from. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't you do the same thing? If God told me to do it, I would hope I'm that, gonna do that's it. That's the same, yeah. God, God, I, I go back to where they drove you from, that rightly belong to you, and get rid of them. But if they, but if, if they surrender, do not harm them, leave them, and you people should live peacefully. And I, and I hear that, and I hear that. But the question is, that was it. but the question is, these Arabs have been living there for centuries, and he comes to, to their also home. Are they not going to defend? But it? not all of them. Not all of them were in, in, in that particular city. When when Mecca came, was Mecca became a a bloodshed. When when, when Muhammad was actually there, people yeah. that immigrant that came mm-hmm. because of it, that that used to travel to come worship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the idol worship there. They yeah. were the one that got right. rid of him. So and took over the land and they started living there. So mm-hmm. so it was not even. But it, it didn't belong to them, mm-hmm. so they were okay. immigrants anyway. And, and I would, I would, I, and I would argue that might be rightly so, but but even okay. So those pagans did a lot of what they did is adopted into Muslim beliefs and Muslim culture. Those seventh-century pagans that were wiped out or rightfully removed, as you would say, because this wasn't their home, they washed their bodies before they worshipped. In the same manner, they wash their feet three times. They wash their hands three times. They wash their behind their ears and behind their over their forehead, or back back and forth. Where does that come from? No, I, I don't know. In Islam, it's adopted. I don't, I and then don't answer know this: Why? We're, why? We're clean. Okay, how about this? Answer this: Those pagans, what did they believe in? One, because that might surprise you. Two, what was the symbol of their faith? So and what? What is the symbol of Islam? Answer that. You want to say the, the Why is the crescent moon a symbol of Islam? I mean, we, we Show don't, me the Quranic where, where verse. You will never meet a Muslim that actually, that actually like, like symbol, like, like, like worships the symbol. Worship the, worship the symbol. But why? We don't. Symbols have meanings. We, we don't even, in, in we, Jewish, we, we don't use it. But like, you do, no Muslim. You do. What, is the, what is the meaning it's of it? How, where did it come from? Look at every Eid. We never use it. When you have Eid What's it in for? Saudi Arabia, That's on television. 
Go to people's house. You will never see. You yes, will never see it. You I will never show you see. pictures in, in London no, when no, they do. Okay, 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 okay. I'm gonna stop you both. I'm gonna stop you. But both. I'll continue. The crescent moon is adopted from some century pagans in the moon goddess Allah, and it because is now we, part of we don't even have. We, we consider okay. it like, like idol worship. And but if it's a symbol of Islam and if for the symbol world. Is idol. That's yeah. why we don't even put anything. Yeah. But it, it's a symbol. Have of you seen any Muslim that have it on the? Okay, let me let me. Yeah. Yusuf and Osman, hold on. Yeah. This is important to me. Please stop arguing. <laughs> Actually, I like the, you can argue all you want, but let me ask a question. Why is it important to recognize that the crescent moon in your mind is a symbol of Islam, Osman? Because if you type it in. Why does it matter? Because context is king. So in this context, why is the crescent moon with a single star? I don't know and why. It, 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 no, but I'm saying. This is, I want to understand. This is something that every single Muslim has to wrestle. Every imagery, every single choice in Islam is intentional. There's and to say that it's not is it's saying not. that it goes against the will of Allah because He ordained, no. He controls, and He continue protects and preserves. So we're gonna. Okay, where, where in the Quran it actually say the crest is a symbol it's of Christ? not. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Oh. A lot of what, okay. Me, uh, to me, me. I'm a, I follow the Quran. I don't follow what other Muslims I, I, okay. do. So that's a good. Th- that's that's a good thing, starting point. That's one thing. Hold on. Hold on. How always, do you enter? I'll speak about I, myself. I, I'm glad we got here because now you're gonna see how much you idol worship. Everything that you do does not come from the Quran. How do you enter a building? How do you eat food? Say salamu alaikum. How do you eat food? With what hand? With how do right, you cut your right beard? Hand. How do you cut your beard? What length does it go? That, it doesn't mean like you can cut, you can everything cut. that you do comes from the hadiths <laughs> because Muhammad did it. It's just every if you go to every religion, every religion have the same thing. Even the the cross, the cross was not even there before Jesus. The, the cross has been there. For I understand years, but, years but before. But the before they, point is, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Eat, how you enter at a one room, point, at it, one point, every religion yeah. adopted something. Yeah, into the own stuff. So here's my question. It, it, Yusuf, Yusuf, hold on. Yeah. So keep in mind that this we're doing this for the benefit of right, other people. Other people. So, so you guys know. have a friendship and you yeah. can keep well, going. So I love you. Yeah. But, yeah. So, so the reality is Which I, is time out. Yeah. Time out. Yeah. <laughs> You're too smart for your own good. That's a pretty cool thing. Christian, former Muslim, yeah. Muslim, current Muslim, he looks at him and says, I love him. That's yeah. a that's a big yeah. deal. That's where we need to be. Yeah. Keep going on your so, story. So I had to wrestle with a lot. The, nice, the, the biggest things I had to wrestle with is how I practice Islam is not from the Quran. It's a lot to do, and I'm going to be honest, with my idol worship of one man. This is where you were because you're, you're continuing your story because your passion is evangelism. Yep. I, want to, I want you to tell your so story. The biggest struggle was to even become a Muslim, I had to do something I never that I never realized. I equated equality with God through one man. To become a Muslim, you have to say the Shahada. But the Shahada ends with not God, but with a man. That, that he's, the, he's, the mess, he's the messenger. But, there, but it doesn't say Isa. It doesn't say, it doesn't say Moses. It doesn't say I mean, David. You're going back to it your argument. So Keep going and stay whole, on your story. The whole entrance to become a Muslim, you have to admit two absolute truths. You have to admit that there, that there should be only one God, and you have to accept the second part that Muhammad is his prophet. If you you can say the first part, but you are not a Muslim, you are not someone who submits 
to submit, you have to recognize Muhammad as yeah, a prophet. Is that true? And once, yeah, and once you do that, you have to cut your hair like him. You have to name your firstborn child after him. You have to... Yes, you do. No. Okay. No. Oh, wait, 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 wait. You're getting back into arguing. Show, Stop. Show, show Yusuf. Me a, show me a place in the Quran Yusuf. that says that. Yusuf. That's what I'm saying. Osman. That's he he made a valid point. You have he to said show, show me, me the, where he says in the Quran. In the Quran. But okay. but the reality is 99% of Muslims that's do not that's live do not live by the Quran. Don't compare they what live people by the hadith. Okay, so hold on, hold on, so hold on. For instance, his belief even in the hadith his, is not even his belief. Hey, I want you guys to know. Yeah. I have lost control of this it's podcast. Okay. It's okay. Hey but, Ken. Ken. Shut off their mics <laughs> and, and bring down that yeah, the electrical one. So, so everything that that Muslims normally attribute to Muhammad's peace, his generosity, everything that they talk about him is not in the Quran. So all of those don't count. They should not be true, and they should not be accepted as true. So everything you speak about Muhammad is not in the Quran. Speak to me what it says in the Quran about. So you guys, like I said earlier, are Yusuf. You guys are buddies, and you can continue that. I want you to continue your okay. story so, without so doing this. I had to wrestle with that yes. because the reality was, I, like I said, I admitted, I, I worshipped Muhammad mm-hmm. as equal as God. Mm-hmm. No Muslim will ever confess oh. that. It is, in, and this I is his argue, story. But I would argue how I cut my hair. You can tell yours in a minute. Uh, like, okay, so in, in the Quran. How do we know how Muhammad cut his hair? It's, it's in, in the, the Quran? It's not in the Quran. It's in the Hadith. The Hadith, oh, the hadith. are yeah, the yeah. rules that Sharia law is built on. Yusuf, let me ask so you a question. Not, Wait, before we keep right. going, hold on. Mm-hmm. Yusuf. Is the Hadith as important or as valid as the Quran? The, the Hadith is yes or no. Valid. But we. I just want to know that because I have no idea. Is the Quran? If one, if you are a true Muslim, you follow what the Quran says. What about the Hadith? Because I've never heard that word till today. The Hadith is kind of like a tradition. It's a tradition. It's kind is of like, it just as important? Is it tradi- not as important? The Quran is what all to you. Muslim it's not as important. All Muslim people should where, follow. Where, but does, where does Sharia law come from? The Quran? Every, every country have their own Sharia law. Right, but, 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 every country so have their own rule. That's why you I say the cultural stuff. I get that. I get that. Thing. And I recognize that. So I want you to say it right if now. If you're a Muslim, is the, you have to follow the Quran. Right. So Forget Quran, about what other people do. So what they I'm, can say they're I, Muslim. Right. They don't, they don't even know what's in the Quran. So if, if you're a Muslim, Yusuf, and I know how quick your mind works, I follow you. So if you're a Muslim... Muslim, do I have to follow the Hadith? You follow or, the Quran. Or, okay, so wait a minute. I'm asking a question. If I'm a Muslim, do I have to follow the Hadith, or is that just custom? That's you, you follow it. You follow it. It's, it's, it's kind of like it's a custom, but... By definition, Muslim, do I have to follow the to Hadith Muslim, in order to be... You don't a, have to follow okay, the Hadith. Okay. To be a Muslim, you have to follow the Quran. That's, right. what, that's okay. what we believe. I got and, it. And I'm very... The Quran, because it's the word of God. Yes. Okay, so since we... Since we've established that, now I have permission. Anytime you reference something that has to do with the Hadith, I can tell you that's not from the Quran. Osman yeah, likes, really really likes to win arguments. That's what I'm saying. I yeah. say it's a, it's a tradition, it's a yeah. custom. Right. That's so what I'm saying, saying about the Hadith. So yeah, you both said the same thing, right. I think. So we've established now. The Hadiths are not scriptural. They're not from Allah. They should not be it's counted. It's a custom. It's like it's Which is fine. I'm totally fine with customs. But when we're it's talking about religion, it means now your customs has to... 
leave let me, the room. Let me ask you, you guys this question, because this is something people... I had to do that. I had to wrestle with, is my culture telling me what to believe? And mm-hmm. am I believing my culture, or am I believing God? Yeah. I had to wrestle yeah. with that. Yeah. And so now that Which we've... Which is a blessing that God allows you to see that. now that we've removed culture, so that the Hadith is gone, the mm-hmm. idol worship of Muhammad's gone, what does his exact words say? And that's it. Your and story. It, this is where so you that's are. that's where I got to the New Testament. The, if this is the truth of Allah, that it should not be different word for word in the Quran. But then I ran into a problem. There is a different word for word. You're still 14 when and, you're doing this? Right. Or this is and between so, 14 and 17? Yeah, between 14. And, right. So this happened between 14 and 17 while I was searching. So yeah. I wanted to know. Yeah. If, Three if years of work. I had to remove my bias, my filter of Somali um, heritage, and just know God for me. Because my, at the end of the day, my culture is not going to get me into heaven. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be before God for judgment. Mm-hmm. I will. Mm-hmm. And if that is the final result, I'm alone in this, mm-hmm. I need to remove all So of at this. that point, you make a decision that... To, to be neutral and to be factual. Meaning I only looked at what the Quran said, mm-hmm. and I only looked at what the, the you, Torah, the Psalms, and the Angel said. Yeah, so you actually went leave through... leave culture out of it. You actually went through the Bible, Osman. Mm-hmm. And you marked every single, highlighted every, every single, single place. Thing that, that did not fit with, with the what Quran. I was taught. Yeah. And did not fit with the Quran. Got and it. And I had to wrestle. You read it front to back. If I leave the Injil out in the in, in the, the, the Old Testament and the Psalms are not changed and mm-hmm. not corrupted because no imam ever taught that, mm-hmm. then they should, they should line up exactly with the Quran. But they don't. Stories don't line up. The numbers don't line up. The... Noah had 80 people on the boat in the Quran in the in in in, in the Torah. It's only There's eight. plenty. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's it like, didn't make sense well, to you. They didn't line up. So line yeah, yeah, yeah. Up. If Allah invented mathematics, there would not be a mistake like this. It doesn't make sense. Right. And so that's why I had to acknowledge there might be things. So when in did the you Quran make the that's jump? Not wrong. And then ultimately, and then I wanted to know what is the oldest Quran in the world. Two point five billion dollars or two point five million dollars was spent on one Quran. It's twelve hundred century when it's dated. Six hundred years after Muhammad is the oldest Quran worth two point five million dollars. Wow. So that to me makes a six hundred year difference between that. So then I had to accept in my mind if if I believe that the Quran or the the, the Bible was corrupted from from thirty three AD to Muhammad's time in six thirty three something happened it was changed the same could be true for the quran that we have today mm. and i had to treat them equal if mm-hmm. they, but it, then i was a, i thought I, mean, I still presume if god is holy both of these wouldn't be changed mm-hmm. as a muslim i mm-hmm. had to acknowledge that mm-hmm. because that you're still is, muslim at this point right, nothing is more powerful than allah no man can change his word mm-hmm. so i had to accept the bibles being accurate and i had to accept the quran being accurate but then there was ink there, but there was something that made them different. Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate middle point between these two. Mm-hmm. Christians believe in Jesus, and the Quran teaches about Jesus. If 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 those don't line up, then there's a problem. In Isaiah forty four six, God. So Christians believe that Jesus and God are one. Islam, we they didn't teach that. I don't understand why they would teach that. And I try to understand how can Jesus be both man and God. And I looked at the Quran, and it doesn't make sense. But then there's something that the Quran says, the Old Testament says, and Jesus says. And something in that, in the Quran, it states that Allah is the, Allah is the beginning and the end, 
Apart from him, there is no other God. He says he's the first and he's the last. In the Old Testament, Isaiah 44, 6, Israel, God says to Israel, I am your king and redeemer. I am the first and I am the last. And then in, and in Revelation, and I'm going to have you read this part, Revelation 1, 17 and 18, if you want to pull it up on your phone, read what Jesus says. From his own mouth, he's never committed a sin. He's never lied. He's the holiest prophet by far because he was born by the will of Allah. He had virgin birth. He spoke at two days old. He brought back a bird to, from clay to life. He brought the dead man back to life. He is saying these words, and there is a problem. So I'll let you read it. Isaiah 1, or Revelation 1, 17 and 18. <clears throat> and this is Jesus speaking. It's in red letters. Osman is now running this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> he said, yep. Yeah. Revelation 1, what? 17 and 18. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. And now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. So Jesus is talking to John, and he says to John, I am the first and I'm the last. That's a big statement. He's claiming the same thing that the Old Testament God claimed, the same thing Allah claims in the Quran. And Jesus says in that sentence, I am the first and the last. And, and then he even goes further and says, I was once dead and I'm alive. And he now holds judgment and death mm -hmm. in his hands. And that was an issue. So then I had to ask the question, when did Jesus die in the Quran? And in, I, in Surah 19, verse 33, Jesus is talking to Is Allah. Surah one of the books in Quran? It just means chapter. It means chapter. Oh, sorry. Surah, Jesus says, blessed was the day I was born, blessed be the day I die, and blessed be the day be raised to life again. So Jesus is talking about his birth, death, and resurrection as a, as a blessing. In the Quran. In the context of the Quran, and a lot of Muslims will argue, but that's at the end of judgment, that's when Jesus will come back and he'll die again. And then I tell them, that is not what Jesus and Allah are talking about at all. Judgment is not even listed in that, in that chapter. If Jesus said from his mouth, his birth is a blessing, his death is a blessing, and his resurrection is a blessing, how is his birth a blessing? In the New Testimony? It says that when Jesus came, he came to be the fulfillment. Or and John said, behold, the Lamb of God. Jesus literally is that innocent sufferer that comes to take blessing away or curse away from us. Mm. How, is his death a or how is his death a blessing? Mm -hmm. In his death, our sins died with him. Mm -hmm. That is a blessing. Mm -hmm. And then his resurrection. If he can come back from the dead, which he said he was going to die, and he will come back, as a, and he fulfills that, he has power and dominion over that. Mm -hmm. So that's a blessing, mm -hmm. but in the Quran that makes no contra that makes no sense. Mm -hmm. Those three statements, and also for him to claim that he is the first and the last. So for you at this point, you realize all this. Light goes on, and and so the end result is if no. If, what happens with you? Oh, for me. So yes. then I started reading scripture. So scripture, in, in a sense, I started seeing that one narrative in Ad, in Adam. I saw start in Genesis. Yep, start, start at the beginning. Genesis, start in the beginning. The fall of man. Mm -hmm. So in Adam, so you you processed all, right. you so processed all that, and, and what happens for Osman? I came to realization, it at the end of my Muslim life, who's gonna judge me? Mm. It's not Allah. It's Jesus. Jesus will be the person to judge me. <coughs> the difference of, in his. And you came his, to that. Right. This is this is key. You came right. to that understanding. So, uh, Jesus let me finish. Let me, let me finish. Okay. Mm -hmm. You came to that understanding mm -hmm. by studying the Quran. And by studying the Bible. Right. Okay. So, that, so now we're for good. Me, I started in the Quran, and that led me to 
come to the realization if Jesus is going to be ultimately judging my life, yes, and it's going to be the ar- the arbitrator for judging the whole world, yeah. What did he teach? Yes, and he clearly taught if you want to go to the Father, you have to go through him. Only way, and that's, that's what the, the Bible only says. Only way, and yeah. Islam says that we are striving to stay on the path. And if Jesus said that the broad road to hell, the road to hell is broad and wide, and many walk through it, yes, but the narrow path to salvation, yep, few walk. So you're processing so this as a 17 year old right. kid, and then what happens to Osman? And then there's so and there's a response. If if <clears throat> so, as it says in, in in Hebrew, through the mouth you confess and you are saved. Mm-hmm. So my confession was baptism. Why? Because baptism was a spiritual death. So you that you day, you decided at that point. That is right. I, I will be baptized because baptism is literally you dying. Mm-hmm. Spiritually, for the last time ever. Mm-hmm. So the phrase is, born once, die twice. <clears throat> born twice, die once. And the context is, if you are born once into this world, but never baptized, in the sense of born again, then you will die a physical death, and then you have a spiritual death. Mm-hmm. So you will die two times, and you will be judged, and you will go to, yeah. And if you, but if you're born twice, you die once. And that context comes from, um, Nicodemus coming to Jesus and G- Nicodemus says how must I get into the kingdom of heaven yeah. and Jesus looks at him and says you must be born to- you must be born again and Nicodemus just like any one of us today mm-hmm. goes how can a man go into his mother and come out again yeah. and be born again right. and then he says that is the context of what baptism yeah. is yeah. you are dying We're- and a new person is coming Yeah. so at that point you give your life to Christ August 20, uh, 26, 2007 wow Amazing story. We're going to have you back on because I want to learn more about what you're doing now. No, it's mm-hmm. awesome. I, I try to follow his brain. It goes too fast for me, Yusuf. <laughs> so, Yusuf, we no, it was good. And I love the back and forth. So yeah. tell tell the audience how you ended up here. You're in Nigeria. You're living in Lagos, mm-hmm. right? 21 million people? Yeah, at the time. Yeah, 21 million. Now, yeah, 21 it's more, million people. more, it's yeah. more than 21? Yeah. Wow. I had 75,000. Yeah. 75,000 in, in the whole city? Yeah. Oh, Mankato. I was thinking, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mankato is way bigger. Yeah, yeah, I thought. I thought. Muslims know how to make babies. Yeah. <laughs> so keep going. Yeah, when I came, I came here when I was like 15, just like every other African. They try to like find a, create a future for themselves. Because what the country I came from, you know, Nigeria, is like uh, we say opportunity. Oh, country of no hope mm. or like the youth have no future so, mm. so only the only the older people that are in the government that have power they control everything because it's so corrupt yeah because it's so corrupt so yeah. the youth are just dying mm-hmm. they have no life no future nothing and do everything what you see on tv every time during election time oh the youth are the future the youth are the future not the, not the case. Never, no, not the case. It's Basically, rigged. it's rigged. Yeah. Yeah. Very rigged. So I came here. I came to the United States to, to play change, basketball. To, to change my future, actually, and because I come from, I came from a very, very poor family. Uh, my dad was poor. My mom was poor. They were both traders, and we were eight in our family. And um, mm. at, the, at the time, I didn't, I didn't want to come actually, but my dad. So it was the best option for me that if I can, if I come here, that I will be able to help myself and help 
the family too mm -hmm. and help my brothers and sisters mm -hmm. in some type of way. Mm -hmm. So I came here to further my education, first and play basketball also. So it was a golden opportunity for me because because it's every kid's dream. Yeah, it's it's like you're going to America. Your yeah. dad loved you enough. Of course, he wanted you with him. He said, Yusuf, go. You can yes. help us. Yeah, it was Real love. Dream, even up to today. Like if you go to Nigeria, ask every kid. Out of, out of 1,000 kids you ask that would you like to leave your country right now to come to America. They're gone. 99.9 .9 will say yes. They're leaving. They're leaving. Because there's no hope. No hope. For most of the kids. At least where you were living. Very few Not, privileged, right? Yeah, very few. Very few. So you get here and you land in. I was in Chicago. You leave. You leave eight. There's eight of you total, right? Yeah. And your dad was actually a Magard. Yeah, it was a Magard. It was a Gavish's tr translate, right? uh, translated gate man. Uh huh. So For a was, church. It was a security. Uh -huh. And Yusuf, you were born in a church. Yeah, he got it's in a church, and I was yes. Not in a mosque. I was buying the church also. Not in a mosque, in, yeah, in a church. Yeah, in a church. Of which your dad was a midgard. And they gave you a small little room there, and you used to sleep outside. Is that right? Yes, yes, which I did. Hmm. So growing up, I couldn't fit in the house, so I started sleeping outside. He is 6'10". Yeah. I believe he ran a 4'10 mile. Yeah, he so, <laughs> I started sleeping outside, so within a few years, my uncle, who played basketball, Rodney, Mm-hmm. So he came back from England and he saw me like, dude, you have to play basketball. And uh, so he introduced me to basketball. And within a year or two, I, had, I got like scholarship to come to the United States. And I you land where in the United States, you? In Utah. Okay. Mormon country. Yeah, Mount Pleasant, Utah. Mm -hmm. And you actually moved in with two Mormons there? Yeah, yeah. they were my host family actually, Elizabeth mm -hmm. and Pete, great people. Mm amazing people they took care of me just like their, their own mm. my all three years there and we did it we did we did wonderful there we helped the school to accomplish great things won three state titles state right yeah. yeah met your and your best friend and brother and alex yeah mm -hmm. and alex and inside and other people so it was great so after i finished there and i came to cincinnati to continue my basketball at Cincinnati State. So after after a year, I got injured. Um, my basketball career ended. Do you want to talk about that at all? Uh, Pretty amazing story. Uh, yeah, and again, year, you, you keep in mind, you keep in mind, who are you talking to? You know, yeah. it's it's really not about you. Yeah, after my first year, like when I, when I was in Cincinnati State. I was very, very eager to be on the court because I wanted to prove a lot of people wrong. Mm -hmm. People that were like doubted my skills and mm -hmm. my ability as a basketball player. So unfortunately, I was diagnosed with um, with a aortic root in my heart. Yeah, Marfan syndrome. Marfan syndrome. Yeah. So. You had a uh, before, before. Yeah. Before aneurysm. Aneurysm in my heart, like a hole. I've had this for a long time, so I didn't know. So, like playing basketball all these years, I've added like a lot of pressure into it, and I didn't catch it in time. And the surgeon was saying, like you could have died on the court, like you are this close, <laughs> you are this close of just like running on the court and just die. <laughs> and I remember sometimes I'll come to I'll come to the house, 
I would just be like exhausted. I can sleep for like 15 hours. Well, and they thought you had, you thought you had asthma. Yeah. Because you were having trouble. He's having trouble breathing this whole time in Utah. And and the Marfans was found by the eye doctor. Suzanne, you know, Suzanne took you to the eye doctor and he said, hey, you got a disconnected lens. You're 6'10". Get checked from Marfans. Yeah, so. Yeah, so. um, So you're diagnosed. You go meet the surgeon, Lars Svensson. Yeah. Only guy in the world with any statistics. Think about this, Osman. So here's this little kid from Nigeria, dreamed to come to America, shows up. And ends up in Cincinnati, Ohio. First time we got Yusuf, he was 17. Mm-hmm. Um, Prince, your good friend from back home, yeah. came to me and said, hey, I have a couple of guys that are not in great situations. Can you help them? Mm-hmm. We bring him into our home. Suzanne takes him to the eye doctor, gets diagnosed. We find out there's one surgeon in the world, in the whole world, that can actually do this surgery without actually having to put an implant in. And because Yusuf was too old at the time for us to adopt him and make mm-hmm. sure that he could stay here, we would have done that. But if you're older than 15, mm-hmm. it doesn't make any difference. So the surgeon knew that the, the surgeon down at Christ Hospital said he could have to go back to Africa. And if he has to go back to Africa, he needs to be on Coumadin where he doesn't have access to those things. So he said there's one surgeon in the whole world that can do this surgery. happens to be in Ohio. Lars Svensson, Right. He had done many NBA players, several NBA players, all the big-time athletes. And then you find out when you're there for the surgery, and I don't know if you know this or not, but you had one in 100 chance of dying in the surgery. And in that morning, it was Yusuf and I was there, doctor came in and said, Yusuf, you know, on a scale, the nurse maybe, on a scale 1 to 10, you know, where's your fear level? Tell him what you said. I said zero. (laughs) He said zero. I'm not afraid. And And uh, he was like, you're the first person that actually told me yeah, so yeah. This. So, so we have the surgery, and after the surgery, and I don't know if you realize this, but when I tell this story, Yusuf, and I want to hear more from you, but I, I think there was this, a bit of distrust. Like you're thinking, what's going on? What are these people doing? He didn't really know us, you know. This is six mm-hmm. years ago. He's thinking, I'm fine. I might have asthma. He, he was playing basketball, and then I think, when I tell this story, I think that changed. And you tell me if I'm right or not. When you found out about three or four days after the surgery, who else had the exact same surgery by same doctor there? It was a, a player from Nigeria who was kind of like, a, like an idol. Mm-hmm. Every young player I used to look up to. Canoe, right? His name was Kano, yeah. And he was kind of like the Nigerian Pele. Yeah, so he had the same surgeon that I had. But so here's this, here's this kid in Nigeria, coming from nothing, ends up in Cleveland, Ohio with a national hero as the same surgery. And at that point, I felt like you realized you were in good hands. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you you recovered from the surgery, you did amazing. You go on to Tusculum College? Yeah, I went to Tusculum College. Talk about your experience there. It was great. I I thought I was going to play basketball again, but it didn't work out But the coach kept me around. He wanted me to be like a player manager. Didn't work out because of your physical yeah, issues. Physical, yeah, yeah, yeah. my physical issues. So he turned me into like a, a player manager. Yes. So you were a part of the still, team. To, to still be part of the team to help out in practice and mm-hmm. stuff. So I did that for three years and graduated. 
with like a 3.8. With 3.7 GPA. 3.7. Let so, me tell that story. 3.8 is better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. And now I'm here, you know, and just with thank God. And Yusuf, you're in the middle of another fight. Yes, I am. You're in the middle of another fight. So you were working with uh, uh, a friend of mine, Roger McClendon, up in Louisville. And you started having stomach problems in, what do you think it was, October? Cause you would, in October, yeah. Yeah, you would call home and... You would call home and you would, you know, you started with, you know, you were like, you know, you had pain, you had pain in the stomach and you start trying to look. And then in January of this year, yes. right, you're diagnosed with appendiceal cancer. Yeah. Mm. And um, so you go through, get, take us February 26, um, at about five in the morning, you start a surgery. And you go through 26 hours of surgery. Obviously, you can't do 26 hours in one day. But 15 hours straight on the 26th, they kept you in a coma on the 27th because they had to go back in on the 28th to do 11 more hours of surgery uh, to get as much of the cancer. And I think the doctor said he got maybe 95% of it out is what he told us. You spent how many weeks in ICU? Do you remember? I think it was three weeks at least, yep. And then maybe a 10-week stay in the hospital. And um, now you're in the process of fighting hard, yeah? Yeah. So amazing story, really. Amazing story. What would, um, what would you want to say, Yusuf, to a kid that's 13, 14 years old in Lagos that's trying to get to America? What would you say to him? just tell them not to believe on the hype because a lot of people back home they always think that when you came when you come to America like you're blessed like things are just going to be given to you mm. they don't know the outcome and what you have to go through to achieve those things like even life in America is even twice harder than the life in Nigeria now, do you say that because of the physical things you've been through, or just tell just, me tell me what you just think? Just leaving your country, coming to a different country by yourself, uh, no family. Yes. That was like a struggle number one. Yes. And you have to become a man. <laughs> you have to decide by your own. Every decision you make will count mm -hmm. on you. Mm -hmm. So, which is tough. Mm -hmm. And you have to work twice harder. Or three times harder than you worked back home. Really? Because back home you don't have, you, like, there's no pressure on you to achieve. To, to achieve. But here yeah, there's pressure on you to achieve. You have to accomplish things. You have to be successful. Because if you're not, people will see it as a failure when you go back home. Wow. So the pressure, does the pressure come from American society or does it come from the people in Nigeria that are expecting you to do yeah, all these from, things it, to help them? It comes from the people from back home in Nigeria. Because they're thinking, hey, uh, you're here. Yeah, yeah. Help us. Help us. Right. Yeah. yeah. So the whole pressure is on you. Yeah. So you have to help this person, you have to help that person. Oh, and then I know, so, yeah, that's amazing. That's an amazing amount of pressure for a 14-year-old kid to have on his shoulders. Mm -hmm let alone the things that you've been through. So you would tell them, don't believe the hype. 
Yeah, I don't believe that. I just come here and do what you have to do. Be yourself. Just set up a goal. Achieve it. Be a fit. Go to school. Get your degree. Mm-hmm. And just. And you strong. got your degree in four years. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Don't get in trouble. A lot of people when they come here, they get in trouble. They get carried away with the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. What they see other people do. You see a lot of your friends because you know pretty. Yeah. He he knows about every college basketball player that is on the court. We'll sit watching the NCAA tournament, and that's my friend. That's my friend. That's my friend. So, do you see a lot of those kids getting in trouble? Yeah, a lot of a lot of them get in trouble. They get carried away. They go. They they go to clubs. They do drugs and all those stuff. Yeah. It'd be so, tough to handle, though, yeah. you know, when you're coming from the culture that you were in, and then you're you're exposed to all this. That'd be a hard that'd be a hard change. Yeah. Um, so Yusuf, uh, can you talk a little pigeon for me? How far? What's pigeon? What's pigeon? Pigeon is like a local Nigerian dialect. It's not a bird. Yeah, it's, it's not a bird. It's, no. <laughs> it's not like patois, what, uh, Jamaican English. What's is the word for pigeon? We call it broken pigeon. English. Huh? It's called broken English. No, I don't know. What do you call the animal that we call a pigeon? Oh, and pigeon. I don't know. We don't, <laughs> you don't have a word for it? You know that look right there? You know what that look was? That look was, that's a dumb yeah, question, we, Osman. We call it pigeon, too. But like, okay, I'm just pigeon, checking. But it's spelled differently. P-I-D-G-I-N. Okay. Hey, how far? A day, a day. A day, a day. How how, 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 how you work today? How far means like how? Uh, not, I, in, not in America. How you how you work today? Uh, fine, fine. Fine. Uh, I just fine. Did. How you side? My side did. Thank God. <laughs> oh, I learned a little bit of pigeon. That's about the beginning and the end of it. So Yusuf, you would say to that, I mean, you said two different things. This is interesting to me. Mm-hmm. You know? Did you catch that, Osman? I mean, he said, there's no hope in Nigeria. But you would say to kids that want to come here, don't think it's just Christmas. Yeah. Even though you've been, you've had people, I, I know you feel like, and we feel like you're, you're our son, you're a part of our family. And, and you had amazing people in Utah that came alongside of you. You had some bad people. Yeah? I mean, there, were, there was a bad spot yeah. you got into in Mississippi. But you would still say to those kids, make sure you're ready to come because you got to grow up fast. Yeah, you have to grow up fast. Faster than, than you think. Faster than you think. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's an amazing story. How many kids did you know when you came over here that came with you out of Nigeria? I know a lot of us. There were a lot. Yeah. Like probably like 30 something mm-hmm. like that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Are they all, all for athletics? Yeah, all for basketball. And where are they now? Some of them grow, some of them, some of them are playing professional right now. Wow. And some of them are seniors in school. Mm-hmm. Yusuf, what do you want to say to your mom and brothers and sisters back home? Trying to love them, I miss them. Oh. And I can't wait to see them, yeah. Mm. Love it. So, guys, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being here today, sharing a little bit of your story. The hope is that it will provide some inspiration and courage to people. Osman, your knowledge and Yusuf, your knowledge and conviction is amazing. And, uh, yeah, proud of both of you. 
It's a it's an amazing story. What an amazing God we serve. That's writing an incredible story in our lives. So, thanks for sharing. And our you know the hope and prayer is that it touches other people. It'll be in the same boat. So, great job, you guys. Thanks so much. Thank you.